All right, we're here with Divine, and I'll give him an opportunity to introduce himself, and then we'll go through some questions that I have prepared for him. Hi, I'm Divine Lipscomb. I'm current student at Penn State University, as well as the executive director of Corrective Gentlemen, a reentry program that focuses on mentorship, entrepreneurship. Um, and I'm here. How are you guys today? All right, well, we're going to start off today talking about education. So as you mentioned, you are a student at Penn State University, so education is um, something that's important to you. And just wondered if it's always been that way or if there was a particular program or person that encouraged you to work towards a college degree. Uh, education has always been uh, something I was fond of uh, since I was a kid, except growing up where I grew up at um uh, there wasn't a big push for education. Uh, when I got incarcerated at the age of 16, I couldn't do anything else except go to school. Um, it was mandatory in the state of New York that I had an educational program under my belt. And so I did my GED classes. Uh, when I completed my GED classes, I had about four or five months left um, on my sentence when I came home. I immediately enrolled into school. I always wanted to be an entrepreneur, uh, and I felt like I needed to have the, the, the degree to do so. Uh, and so after I completed my associate's degree, I took a 10-year break. I went into the work field because uh, I had children. I have children. Uh, and so I, I had to work. I always had to work. They, my children couldn't eat books. And so I started Corrective Gentlemen uh, a few years back, and I asked a lot of questions. I asked for help. I asked, how do you take a nonprofit and move it forward? And I used to get, um, that's a great idea, Divine. I think you should keep going forward with it uh, with no real push or information to get me uh, from point A to point B. And so I enrolled back into Penn State so I can continue to push this program forward and help individuals who are coming home from uh, suffering incarceration. So what is the degree that you're pursuing at Penn State? Right now I'm pursuing rehabilitation and human services. When I first enrolled, I, I enrolled into criminology program. But for me, I found that it had a huge focus on um, punishment, uh, which is counterproductive to the things that I want to do. Uh, so I switched my major to rehabilitation and human services. And you're working on a bachelor's or master's? Or I'm, I'm sure. working on my bachelor's. <laughs> I'm, I'm completing my undergrad. Uh, and after I complete my undergrad, I'm looking at law schools. Awesome. So were there any kind of activities or career assessments you did that actually helped you to decide the career path you're pursuing? Um, no, not necessarily. Um, just life, life um, prepared me for this. Uh, when So a lot of my friends are still involved in the criminal justice system. Um, and I, I, I see the barriers that they encounter um, with employment, with um, just moving up in their positions, if they even have uh, a position, or just day-to-day -day life. Um, the way they assess situations around them. Um, and I've always been really good at uh, listening to people. 
And so I remember at the age of 15, when I was in the drug program, I was told that I should be a counselor. And I, I rejected the notion, rejected the notion. Uh, and when I was making the decision to switch over to my current major, I was given the course catalog for rehabilitation and human services. And it literally aligns with the things that I want to do with my program. So I want Corrective Gentlemen to have a mentorship uh, component. I wanted to have a counseling component because mental health is something that is very prevalent in um, all communities, especially those that are justice involved. Um, I wanted to have an entrepreneurship program and then, uh, and then the educational component. So all of these components in one, I feel, will make my program whole. And in order for me, I feel I can hire someone to do them, but I feel in order for me to fully understand them, I have to walk through the steps myself. Awesome. So in order to get a high school equivalency diploma for someone to pursue training, there's a lot of basic needs that need to be met. So what are some things that you personally had to get situated in your life before you could work on furthering your education? So for me, I was incarcerated at 14, um, 15 and 16. So I was... I was mandated to do anything I had to do with educational programming. Um, before I pursued my college uh, education, I had to figure out my children. I had to figure out how I was going to take care of my children. Um, when I gained employment, it was, okay, do I stay in school full time or do I go to work full time? Um, so just small things. Am I going to eat? Am I on public assistance or not? Um, Will public assistance allow me to do this? Uh, again, a lot of my barriers were uh, in, in the state of New York um, about 16 years ago. And so they had different requirements. You had to do a welfare to work program if you was on public assistance. Um, you had to meet a certain amount of hours if you were going to pursue educational um, activities. Uh, so it was navigating those areas that I found the most difficult while pursuing my education. Um, currently, uh, the things that I'm navigating is uh, transportation. Uh, is there two vehicles in the house? Is it one? Who needs to be to work? At what time? Um, is it conflicting? Um, I, my wife and I are actually in different states at the moment. So it's like, okay, am I going to get the bus or am I going to get a ride? Um, how how do I move forward um, with my education and in spite of all of the things that are going forward? For me, education is just that much more important than almost anything else around me. And so I don't, I don't let it anything hinder uh, my pursuit of my education. Um, but there's multiple barriers, mainly employment, transportation, um, and shelter those things in place, you can pretty much figure everything else out. So when you talk about figuring things out, when someone's first returning to the community, um, that is difficult to do. So when you first retor returned, did you have one person that helped you, a particular program? Um, were there multiple people? Or did you really just have to figure it all out on your own? So when I came home, it, I had my mom. She, she allowed me to stay with her. Uh, I met my kid's mother around the same time, um, and so I had her. Uh, in 
my corner. So I have my support system um, in place. But as far as navigating the the world, the real world, uh, I had to figure it out on my own. I, I My parole officer, who I feel could have been more um, productive or could have helped me more in my pursuit, uh, he was almost non-existent. I feel like I, I had to figure everything out by myself. The programs that I would I went to, um, they they couldn't help me either because of my case, uh, my offense, or I either been home um, not enough time or too long. Uh, so those things were issues for me when I first came home. Um, so yeah, I figured it out on my own. And then I also had to figure out how to stay home at, at the same time. So mentoring is something that you feel strongly about. And it's definitely a support that can be available for months or even years after returning to the community. So for areas here in Pennsylvania that don't have mentoring programs established, what advice do you have on possibly getting mentoring set up or um, even encouraging current successful um, people who maybe have been in similar situations to actually think about becoming a mentor? So an uh, hour a week, that's, that's really all it takes. It takes an hour a week uh, to meet with someone um, and just being accessible. Even if you don't want to meet with someone for an hour a week, being accessible, uh, I feel is very important because I could be, it could be 2 a.m. And, and someone may feel like they, they're going to relapse or someone feels like they've had enough with with their day-to-day. All right, let me rewind it back just a little bit. So you're taking someone who's been in a structured environment for X amount of time, um, some people two, three, four, five, ten 10 years. They, they're in a structured environment where they're told what to do, how to do it, when to do it. And then we release them back into the community. The same communities where they left, where they had no structure, no discipline, and now they have this this record behind them, and they face all of these barriers. If I have successfully navigated those barriers, which I have for the last 16 years, and I continue to face certain things because um, of my background and because of just the way I process information. And I see someone who's coming home fresh out of this, out of the prison system, and they're navigating this on their own. I know they're struggling. I know they're struggling because 16 years later, I still struggle. And I go, well, he has to figure it out by itself, by himself or herself. One, that that's inhumane, right? I feel like it's inhumane. It's, it's not fair. It's not right because... Everyone, as humans, we just need that connection, first of all. Second of all, somebody has to guide in order for people to become successful. Our instructors guide us to our degrees. Our bosses guide us to successful outcomes um, in in our work environment. Um, There's always someone there to guide us to our path of success. So if there's no one mentoring and guiding individuals who are coming home, how do we expect for them to become successful? Um, we're placing these grand expectations on individuals who come from a structured environment who now have, who don't have this environment 
and it goes, hey, I'm going to throw you to the wolves. If you make it, you make it. If you don't, you don't. Uh, we got a place for you to return. Um, and so I found being accessible to people, even for the smallest things. Hey, let's go have a coffee. Um, oh, you need a ride to go pick out a suit? You never put on a suit before. All right, sure, I, I, I'll go with you. Um, oh, you need to drop off a resume or application or, you know, those small things, um, I feel, shows people that you care or that someone cares and that someone's rooting for them to succeed. And that is that is a small component that we all, we all need, whether you have been involved in the justice system or not. So just going along with the mentoring, do you think the mentor needs to be someone that's been through the similar um, experience or do you think it could be someone that just wants to help another individual? A mentor could be anyone. Um, my current mentors have never been involved in the criminal justice system. Um, and even some days where I feel like they don't understand um, my perspective, I do know that they care enough to make sure that I succeed. So it doesn't have to be someone who's been involved in the criminal justice system. You might have a greater um, impact if you find someone who has been involved, who has succeeded um, and staying home and successfully reentering into, into, society, into society. But it doesn't have to be um, someone who's justice impacted. So our last question then is, what do you wish more people knew about helping returning citizens or what do you wish more people would do when helping individuals? Um, I wish more people extended their hand. Um, most, most people just want a shot. Uh, whether you live in a rural area or you live in an urban area, um, there's something that has triggered an individual to commit a crime. Um, if, they're, if they're drug offenses, you know, you have to look deeper into why this individual committed this crime to begin with. Um, and just start treating people like they're human. Um, there's, we, we, we're not perfect. We weren't made to be perfect beings. Um, but people aren't as forgiving as to others as they want people to be to them. Um, I wish people would come down off of those high horses and, 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 and come back down to a humanistic level. You know, I was 14 when I committed my crime. I was 16 when I committed my crime. Um, I came from a violent environment. Um, I was raised to be a violent person. Am I violent now? No. But it took me about 10 years, almost 10 years after being home from prison to to balance out that violence. Um, and I mean, after my associate's degree, after parole, I still struggled with trying to correct my wrongs. I had to deal with my personality, um, traits had to deal with my traumas um that that even sent me into the prison system um people are traumatized um I'm, I'm reading a study right now about boys um and men one in every six men are sexually assaulted as children like wow these things have an uh, impact on whether
whether they enter our criminal justice system or not. One in six. That's a lot of men, um, especially when you look at our the numbers of our criminal justice system. So you don't know what someone experienced to help them um, to, to help them make the decisions that they've made in life. Just be more human. Uh, all right. Any last tips or information you want to share with everyone, or? If someone is pursuing their education, support them. Um, if you don't know if you want to go back to school to learn more information about justice impacted individuals, go. Um, be a mentor. Be be a support system for someone. Um, and if you're an employer, give them a shot. You know, uh, you can always get federally bonded if you don't trust the fact that the individual you hire is a safe bet. The feds will will back you with their own money. Um, That's it. All right. Thank you.